Hello and welcome everyone to the Cape and Cow podcast. This is episode seven, I believe we're on now. Uh, it's just going to be me today. I'm working on lining up the next couple guests. We'll probably have Obi John on again real soon. Uh, I'm working on lining up a couple other guests as well. Uh, but for today, it's just going to be me. But it's probably fitting because today is going to be very me-centric. And we're going to say that in the least arrogant way possible. Uh, but the main topics I wanted to talk about today were largely related to the ranked ladder releasing, my climb going from sidekick to world's finest, uh, some of the data that I collected along the way, and what I think that data can kind of reflect as far as my own opinions on the meta versus what kind of the community consensus is and Discord at least around uh, what is going on in the game right now. Um, I guess we'll start the episode with a large giant caveat of this data is representative of my personal climb uh, and that climb contained 70 games playing batman and shazam from around the end of sidekick through world's finest i figured most people would be messing around inside of sidekick so i didn't track those games um, so i have 70 games from around rank 50 or so through rank zero that is with batman and shazam and then 16 games with Batman and Poison Ivy, and that was the entirety of my ranked climb. So that is an 86 game sample size that was tracked, and there's two points I want to point out about that. A, while it is a good sample size, it is by no means a large enough sample size to be considered 100% representative of what's going on in the game, as well as metagames can shift on a daily or even hourly basis, depending on if content creators put out specific videos, so I'm not saying that my experience will necessarily be reflective of your experience, or even my experience up to that point may not be reflective of if I were to have saved my climb for the end of the month. However, despite it not being a large enough sample size to be considered 100% definitive, I think it is a large enough sample size to at least be able to extrapolate on some of the data um, and just look at it in terms of the overall um, landscape of the game so like even let's say one deck had a 40% pick rate maybe over you know a 100,000 game sample size that 40% pick rate normalizes down to 35 or up to 45 but you know 40 is a close enough range to say you know this is the overall popularity of that faction um, so I just wanted to start with that large caveat because anytime you talk data um, people will always say that's not enough data you can never have enough data um, there's always ways to pick holes in data if you don't want to listen to it. Um, but I just wanted to lay that out there because my personal tracking is going to be a lot of what I talk about in today's video. Uh, so first thing I wanted to talk about was the climb as a whole. Uh, I found it to be very manageable. Um, going from... Like I said, I don't remember exactly when I started tracking, but we're going to say around sidekick. It might have been, you know, rank 52-ish. But we're going to say around rank 50 through rank 0. 86 games is a fairly reasonable amount. And I know the climb as a whole seems kind of large and can be a bit intimidating. But the most important thing I think to keep in mind is... Well, two things to keep in mind. A, you don't go backwards ever while you're in sidekick so even if you're the type of person that doesn't like a ranked experience you can kind of just play games in sidekick and treat it like unranked until you get the top of sidekick to get that Ares reward awesome reward by the developers by the way 
but you can kind of just play up through getting out of sidekick and there's no penalty there. And you only have to get out of sidekick once, meaning if you hit rank 50 this month, you will not drop down to 80 next month. You'll never drop below 50 again. So the first climb is going to be the worst climb. So that is the first thing to get out of the way. Uh, the second thing to get out of the way, or, you know, to point out, is I believe in the future you will fall 30 ranks from where you finished the season. So, for example, World's Finest will derank down to 30. So my climb next season, if I go from 30 to 0, obviously will be a good amount of games fewer than going from 50 or so through rank 0. So 86, you know, give or take some. It also largely depends on win rates. Um... I had a couple, one like really healthy win streak and a couple, you know, minor win streaks uh, that helped me kind of go in what is more than likely a um, below average number of games. Whereas if you're not the type to consistently hit win streaks, it'll probably take you a decent amount of games more on average. Since when you're in that win streak, a win counts essentially as two wins instead of one win. Um, so you're, you can cut that climb basically in half if you keep your win streak going long enough. Um, so it may take you more than the 86 games it took me. It may take you less than the 86 games it took me. Um, but, you know, 86, we're going to call probably a, a below average benchmark, I'd probably say. And the reason why I say below average is I don't know what the average win rate is for players on the ladder. I do know that you can climb pretty well with even a below 50% win rate in this game. Um, but my personal win rate on the ladder was with my secondary deck, which was Batman Poison Ivy. That deck is nowhere near refined. Uh, that one fell just short of a 69, nice, percent win rate. And my Batman Shazam deck was right around a 78.5% win rate. So obviously that, I would assume that that win rate is higher than average. I don't think it is the top end of the scale. I think there are probably players who had a higher win rate than I did but I do believe that a 78% win rate is above the bell curve of what you will see for an average player. So my 86 games is probably lower than what you'll see. Uh, as a whole, I felt that the climb was very manageable. I got it done in about two play sessions. Um, I had one longer play session, probably a couple hours. And then I had one very short play session where I just played a couple games. Uh, I thought I had more time, and then I had to log off and then one medium play session um, where I played probably, you know, an hour or two to finish the climb. I think my first, like, session was going from sidekick through, I think I finished at, like, rank 30-something or 20-something, um, and then I went, I think I went from, like, 80 to 30-something in that long play session. Uh, then I went from like 30 to 22 in my very short play session, and then 22 to World's Finest in my like regular play session. So a handful of hours as a whole. Uh, if you spread that out over the course of an entire month and don't try and do it in two days like I did, I think it is a reasonable amount of time if you just play a couple of games per day. Um, like let's say we look at my figure of, I mean, this is 86 games from Sidekick, so let's say a normal month you start in Sidekick, uh, rank 50, 86 games over a 30-day month means you're playing less than three games per day. I think it is perfectly reasonable to um, play more than three games per day if you want to. 
Um, and especially if you hit World's Finest and rank down to rank 30, I think, you know, you'll probably need to average like two games a day if you have a similar win rate at that rate. So as a whole, I think the, the climb, very manageable, very reasonable. Um, it wasn't too much of a slog. Um, I've seen some people bring up that maybe the win streaks are too generous. Um, I'm kind of torn on that. I kind of like not needing to grind like crazy on the ladder, but maybe win streaks being worth three points instead of two points maybe works out. I don't know. Um, but either way, I don't mind the regular ladder climb being easier since people who actually care about ladder grinding are going to grind a lot more once they hit World's Finest to try and get the top spot on the leaderboard. Um, so making that accessible to more people, I think, is probably a net positive for the game as a whole. Um, I don't really have too much other thoughts on the ranked climb in general, besides I thought the rewards were pretty generous for climbing. I, I think you get a couple thousand coins two or three times, uh, you get an emote, uh, you get a new card back, you get a couple of like deluxe cards, and I think a couple of packs if you go th all throughout the ladder, plus the first time you exit sidekick you get the Ares uh uh ultimate card so as a whole i think the rewards are pretty solid as well i was pretty happy with a lot of that um now i kind of want to take a detour before we go to discussing some of the percentages um and the reason i want to take this detour is i want to lay the groundwork for what I think the story that my personal data is telling and this was kind of my opinion going in and throughout this season and dating before this uh, ranked ladder came out uh, and I think when I was reviewing my data I was actually surprised at how much my data backed up my original thesis um, so the thing I wanted to talk about the most was if you hang out in the discord at all one of the most common themes you'll see is that energy is overpowered or overtuned or they can do too much, they're too strong. Energy is a big problem and it needs to be toned down. I disagree. Almost completely. Now, is that to say that there are not tweaks that could be made to energy? Absolutely not. I think, you know, taking something like Energy Blast and removing its ability to go faced, I think is reasonable and that's a fine change to make to a bronze card. Uh, but a lot of the cards that are, you know, taking a lot of the heat right now, in particular, are to a lesser extent Lightning Arc, but mostly Hellblaze. Hellblaze deals four damage to everything, including the two opposing leaders, and that is kind of like the boogeyman if you are looking at uh, kind of sentiment discord. But on top of that, it's just quote unquote energy is too strong in general. Um, you have Liberty Bell that got buffed recently. You have um, Max Mercury, who got buffed to a 3-3. In general, a lot of people just think that energy is the problem in the game, and that's why all of these other strategies are being held down. I do not believe that that is the problem. I think it is just the most in-your-face portion of what's going on. I think it's easy to just see, wow, I get hit by a Hellblaze, I took a lot of damage, Hellblaze is a problem, I think it's much harder and much more nuanced to look at the game as a whole and see how these factions are interacting with each other and holding each other down or propping each other up to see 
how you get to that point of Hellblaze being so strong or actions being so strong. And that's where my controversial opinion comes in. And I don't think it's that controversial, actually, when we look at the data. But I think the real reason that you're seeing energy be strong, and a lot of people think might is weak. I don't agree with that either. Uh, but the reason why I think energy is getting propped up is because of the overall strength of tactics across the board. Now, before you come jump down my throat, give me a few minutes to explain. Now, there's a couple of things here. I think as somebody, I've been playing a ton of energy for, you know, weeks, if not months now. And one of the best counters to energy as a whole is Might as a faction. Might is very good at ignoring most of what energy wants to do. I think Tyranny is pretty good at it as well, but in my opinion, Might is a little bit better. Because Might has big recruits that can beat you down early before you can even get to your Hellblaze. They have a lot of shields and they have a lot of aura so that your actions cannot affect their recruits. And you can do a really good job at just kind of keeping the board and beating your opponent's face in. So why is Might not seeing as much play as you would hope? It's because of tactics, in my opinion. Not only does tactics have a bunch of other great tools, and I think they're also the best supplementary faction in the game, I think the biggest thing that stands out is the gadgets. And I think that is also why, and we'll get to the data later, when you talk tactics, most of the time you're talking about Batman in general, Batman specifically, because you typically do not see tactics without seeing Batman. Batman has, I think, triple or quadruple the play rate of all other tactics leaders combined. Uh, but we'll get to all of that data in the future. So Batman, he is a two-charge leader, which means he gets attack every two turns, which means he is clearing one of your recruits more than likely every two turns. But on top of that, he gets to pick uh, basically a 50-50 shot of exactly which gadget he wants. Now the problem with the gadgets is twofold in general. Let's say you're a Might faction, and you're trying to beat down my energy deck, and I pair my energy deck with Batman. Your Minotaur comes down. I tear gas it, and it's no longer a threat. You're not going to beat my face in. You play Crypto um, to protect something from my trades, or from my Hellblaze, or from my Lightning Arc. Too bad. I ping it with a Batarang, and now my action is going to do exactly what they were going to do anyway. The flexibility and the freedom of those gadgets holds down Might so much that I believe their pick rate is so low that they cannot counter energy anymore. And that is not even including the fact that Tactics has access to bandages, which is basically a singular counter to aggro in general. Um, if you're seeing a lot of like, the Flash Doomsday decks, a lot of the times just play Batman and you win. You'll get so many free bandages if you want them that you just heal enough to win and they can't take you out. Obviously, sometimes that won't be the case if you lose all of your 50-50s, but in general, you're going to just win if you pick tactics. That's not counting things like Utility Belt, where you get the exact gadget you want, um, the new Batman that got printed, how good Batmobile is. We're ignoring all of the other good tools that are in tactics, because in general, factions should have good tools. But I'm specifically talking about gadgets right now and the amount that gadgets get amped up because of Batman. I'm not going to really get into changing gadgets or if gadgets need to be changed or how I would change them. That could probably be its entire own episode if we're being completely honest. Um, but I just wanted to point out that, in my opinion, 
the biggest thing that's holding a lot of these decks down is tactics. So Might, I think, gets not, if not hard countered, pretty hard countered by tactics. Uh, Anarchy, which is one of the better aggressive factions in the game. Too bad. Batarang takes out your Kite Man. It takes out your Ventriloquist. It takes out a lot of your one health aggressive recruits for free. They are three cards that can be played without paying any resource besides activating your leader ability or playing cards that just happen to passively generate gadgets anyway. So you're removing Anarchy's early game for free. Anything that doesn't die to Batarang gets neutered by Tear Gas. And then even if Anarchy pushes damage on you, you just bandage up and you win. So that is now Might and Anarchy, the two factions that could probably put some pressure on energy completely nullified by tactics. What does that mean? If I pair my energy deck with a tactics deck, tactics is going to nullify Might's advantage in the early game, which buys me the entire game to get into my late game where my tactics stuff can shine, where my Hellblazes can do really well, where my Captain Adam completely shuts out other energy decks or shuts out Joker, where, you know, I can play my Shazam recruits or my flash combo, where I start drawing my lightning bolts from Shazam. I only get to that point in the game because Tactics hard carries me throughout the entire game without needing to do anything extra that much. Just run Tactics and run Batman and you will make it to the late game almost all the time. And I think that is the biggest problem in my opinion. So now let's talk about the data. Personally, and this again, this is just over the count of my games, personally. We're gonna talk about, first we're gonna talk about how often I saw each faction. Then we're gonna go over the top one or two leaders in their pick rate across all factions. Um, and then we're gonna talk about the games that I lost specifically to show which factions countered me the best. So the first thing that I wanna talk about is the show rate. Now, when I calculate the show rate, it is the rate at which at least one leader from my opponent was from this tactic, or was from this faction. So, you know, in the case of Green Arrow Batman, it still just counts as one, because at least one leader was tactics. It won't count as double. Um, but these are the rates at which at least one leader you are fighting against is from this, this faction. We're going to go in order from the least popular faction to the most popular faction. Coming in at the rear, and again, this is another surprising thing, because if you kind of read the popular sentiment on in, about Ladder right now, you would think that the Flash Doomsday aggro deck is everywhere, whether it is the version that I recorded that it was Willows, or there's a couple other versions that are a little bit lower to the ground with things like Kite Man, um, sometimes they even run Harley instead of Doomsday. Uh, you would think that that deck was everywhere. It's not, in my experience. It was one of the more common decks I saw otherwise. I think I faced it eight times total in the season. Um, however, the pick rate for Anarchy across the board was only 29%. And that's pretty low when you consider it being just one of the two leaders, which means out of my 86 games, if you multiply 86 by two, that gives you 172 possible times that a Anarchy leader could be on the board. And in that time, less than 50 Anarchy leaders were seen. I think that's surprisingly low. And the next two factions are not much higher. The next lowest was the Might faction, which this again surprised me because I think Might is still very strong, 
although it gets hard countered by tactics, but Might was seen at a 31.3% pick rate across all games. Basically equal with Tyranny, who was at about a 31.4%. Uh, it might have even been, you know, rounding between. They might be exactly the same. We're going to say for all intents and purposes, um, Might and Tyranny have basically the same pick rate at 31.3-ish percent. So that also surprised me because I figured Might would have been higher and I figured that some people would be more experimenting with Tyranny. Um, and then I guess we'll also get into the more, more popular leaders, which kind of flips some of this data on its head a bit as well. Uh, but the next most popular faction was Energy at a 39.5% win rate or um, pick rate. So in about 40% of games, you'll see an Energy leader. And then at the top, the leading energy by more than 10%, we have tactics at a 51% pick rate, which means all of the other factions are within 10% of each other. So the second highest to the lowest, anarchy to energy, is about 10% apart, 29% to 39.5. And then, you know, anarchy, tyranny, and might are all within 2% of each other. Energy, a little bit higher, or a good amount higher than those three, at, you know, roughly 8% higher than Tyranny and Might, respectively. Tactics blows energy out of the water by more than 10%. So the most, quote-unquote, most powerful faction in the game is dwarfed by more than 10% by Tactics. That's crazy. Tactics is almost double the rate of Anarchy on the ladder right now, which means it's almost kind of double the rate of Might and Tyranny as well. It gets a little crazier when you break it down by leader. So if you take a look at all of the leaders, going, we're going to start at least popular faction, work our way up again. This is pick rate in all games as well, which means out of those 86 games, these are the odds of seeing this particular leader. So it's not saying within the Anarchy games, this is your odds of seeing it. This is within all games. So the two most popular Anarchy leaders that I ran into personally, no, it is not Doomsday at number one, although he is number two. Doomsday is number two at 10.4%. Harley Quinn, unsurprisingly, is the number one Anarchy leader seen in my personal climb at 11.6%. Going up to Might next, this one gets a little bit more lopsided, surprisingly, because despite the fact that Might was not seen as often as the other leaders, Might is kind of centralized to the same two leaders. And what I mean by that was Wonder Woman was seen at a 16.3% rate and Aquaman was seen at a 15.11% rate, which means despite Might being one of the lower played factions in the game, Aquaman and Wonder Woman, respectively and in a vacuum, have one of the higher pick rates in the game, which is a little surprising. And then similarly, if we go into Tyranny, um, Tyranny has Lex at 11.6%, so he has fallen off quite a bit from his previous highs. And then Ivy, one of, I think actually the second highest pick rate I saw on my personal climb, Ivy was seen 18.6% of the time, which means most of the time if somebody was playing Tyranny, they were probably playing Ivy. 
Now the next one is a little bit more surprising just because of the even distribution across the board. When playing energy, I actually had to go four liters deep because that's how well distributed it was. And the number four most popular energy leader, which means the least popular of the popular ones for me, was surprisingly Shazam at an 8.1% pick rate. Coming up from Shazam, the next most popular was Hal Jordan at a 10.4% pick rate. Then Zatanna, surprisingly number two, at 11.6% rate. And then number one was Flash at a 12.7% rate. I think a lot of that is because, you know, you're going to see Flash and Doomsday together a lot of the time. If you see either one, they're going to be most often paired together. However, occasionally you'll see Flash paired with Harley or Flash paired with something else where it's still kind of playable without Doomsday. And I think that's how you explain Flash's pick rate being a bit higher than Doomsday's. Uh, but just in general, I was impressed by the strong distribution across energy leaders, where even if the argument is energy as a faction is too good, I think this shows that the balance within the faction might be the best in the game because energy has the most seen leaders or the, the most number of leaders seen in my personal client. Whereas other factions basically just have two leaders that are seen the most and then a steep drop off. So like in Might, you have Wonder Woman, Aquaman, you basically never see Superman. Anarchy, you have Harley and Daredevil. I saw way less Joker than I was expecting. Um, Tyranny, you know, you have Lex and Ivy. And then we go to Tactics. Tactics has Batman standing alone at a 37.2% pick rate, which means Batman is seen twice as often, exactly twice as often, as the next most popular leader in the game, who is Ivy. It means that you are more likely to see specifically just Batman in this game than you are to see any faction other than energy and tactics. Just Batman. Batman sees more play than Anarchy, it sees more play than Tyranny, it sees more play than Might, and Batman himself almost sees more play than Energy as an entire faction. That's how common Batman is. And there's a whole lot of reasons to it, and we can again have an entire episode talking about tactics as a whole, um, but I think it comes down to a lot of the gadgets things we just talked about, but also, Tactics, in my opinion, is the best supporting faction. Because of all the things they can do, they have free pings, they have free bounces with Grapnel Gun, they have free combat tricks with Tear Gas, they have free healing, and then their cards themselves are pretty flexible and have a lot of draw. Tactics is not only one of the stronger factions, it supports whatever other faction you pick perfectly. Whatever other faction you pick, their weaknesses get completely erased by tactics existing. So if you're playing, let's say, you know, Might, and you don't have a lot of draw, boom, tactics is there, now you have a lot of draw. If you're playing, you know, Energy, and you don't have a lot of ways to get past Aura or Shield, boom, you have tactics. Batman's here to give you Batarangs and other things to get past Aura and Shield. Whatever your deck is weak against, Batman fills the void. And I think that is the biggest problem we are facing across the ladder. Now let's take a look as a whole at my losses. 
Now, this is specifically with my main deck. So, Batman Shazam, I lost 15 times. I went uh, 55 and 15, I think the, the number wound up being. Out of my 15 total losses, uh, and then again, this is the percent rate that at least one of the two opponent leaders was from this faction. So the numbers are going to seem high, but they're actually kind of fairly well distributed. Uh, the two most common things that beat me was tactics at 46.6%, and out of those seven losses to tactics, five of them were Batman. So basically, again, whenever you see tactics, you see Batman, and tactics was tied with might for my most common losses. Which again, goes back to what I was saying, in my opinion, uh, might is the best counter to energy besides tactics existing. So might also was a 46.6% rate. And out of those, it was an even four Wonder Woman and four Aquaman across the board for might. The two next most common factions that I lost to were energy and anarchy, both at 40%. In energy, I saw three Zatanna, two Shazam, and one Hal. And those two Shazam were Shazam Batman mirrors. And in Anarchy, which again was 40%, I saw two Joker, one Daredevil, and three Harley. So I basically never saw a Joker on my climb, but I don't have the exact number, but if not 100% of the time, close to 100% of the time I ran against Joker, um, we lost to Joker. And... I don't have all of the pairings for Harley off the top of my head, but it seems that decks that were utilizing Harley over Daredevil were more likely to punch through my defenses. And that is probably because of not running out of gas versus the one big punch of Doomsday. I said Daredevil, Doomsday. <laughs> um, and then the, the, the final one, Tyranny, was only a 20% loss rate, and that was two Ivy and one Lex, and I think in general, Tyranny just doesn't have a great matchup against either one. And I only played a couple of monocolored decks. One loss was to a monocolored deck, and that was Mono Might with Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Um, there was an asterisk on that game where I did not have an answer to a turn one Clark, and things kind of snowballed from there. But also, I think besides the special case of not having an answer to a turn one Clark, I think it just shows that it might can have a very strong matchup in general so obviously we put out a lot of data and a lot of numbers a lot of percentages um and again remember the caveat from the beginning of the episode this is just my own little 86 game snapshot of the latter things could be morphing as the month goes on you may have experienced different pocket metas as you were climbing uh, but i think as a whole my data is telling a pretty clear story that the game seems to be fairly balanced besides Batman standing head and shoulders above everything else. Like, under Batman, Ivy having an 18.6% win rate is... Not win rate, pick rate is reasonable because she is playable both in control and in more aggressive strategies, so you would expect to see her higher. Wonder Woman and Aquaman are, you know, fairly popular, and I think that's because Might is used to be popular, and I don't think Superman is in a great spot as a whole, and I think that's more due to Might as a whole, but also just Aquaman is nuts. Um, but even with those three leaders, who are, you know, the next three most popular after Batman, 
they're still half the pick rate. Everything else in general seems to be very close. You know, energy, the four most popular leaders are within 4% of each other. Uh, you know, Shazam being about 4% away from the Flash. Harley and Doomsday within a percent of each other. Uh, Lex and Ivy within 7% of each other. Aquaman and Wonder Woman within 1% of each other. And then Batman is like 10 to 15 times more popular than Cyborg, who I think is the second most popular leader. And twice as popular as the second most popular leader. So again, I'm not going to get into does tactics need to change? And if so, how would I change it? Uh, but I just wanted to call attention to despite people picking out Flash as the boogeyman, or energy as the boogeyman, I think the data says it's actually Batman across the board, both being the boogeyman and being the best counter. And that's where it kind of becomes a problem in my eyes, is not only is Batman the best counter to basically everything because of all of his tools, he's also the best defense against Batman. Having all of your own gadgets to counter the opposing gadgets kind of evens the playing field where it kind of cancels each other out and then you guys go back to worrying about the way your decks match up and what they both are good against. So kind of a long-winded way of saying, are there cards that could be tweaked in energy? For sure. Are there cards that could be tweaked in all factions? Absolutely. But I don't think energy is as big of a problem as you may be being led on to believe. I think tactics is having such a warping effect on what's viable across the board that energy's counters cannot survive because Batman kills them. So we cannot have this kind of healthy metagame where there is a system of checks and balances with, you know, aggro's checking control and this faction checks that faction and this faction checks the other faction that's all getting thrown out of whack because Batman beats everything and defends against everything. And I think that is the biggest issue facing the game right now. The final thing I wanted to throw out there, just in case you were curious, the least seen leader in the entire game for me personally was Black Adam. I think I only saw him one time the entire season. Uh, I think Superman was second with only two or three times. And then other than that, everything was fairly balanced besides Batman being double the number two leader. So yeah, that was my climb. That is my data. I'd be curious to see if, A, what you guys think of my somewhat hot take about tactics, but also B, if you are the type that tracks your games and tracks your win rates, does your data line up with my data? I would be very curious to hear about any other data that people have out there, and I would love to see it and hear it across the board. But yeah, that is going to be it for now, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll have some more guests coming on the show soon. Hope you guys have a fantastic week and we'll see you guys next week.